athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. A Thanksgiving weekend edition of Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Hope you had an absolutely wonderful turkey day. I know I did. Had a chance to spend some time with some family. And I got to be honest with you, like, coming off that spring season, right, I, I didn't call any games during the spring season, but that spring season was so interesting uh, with everything that was going on with Box Row, everything we had to do with the games and all of that uh, was tiring. And I needed a break after that spring season because I guess more so maybe from a mental perspective, like, in, during a regular year, you're not doing much of anything in the spring. Not a whole lot. I mean, if you're doing anything with football, it's more spring football, right? So this was regular games, if you will. So I needed a break from that. We come back to the fall season, and I'll tell you, it, it um, man, it, it, it was a long season. Uh, I do call games for North Carolina A&T. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be the voice of A&T football. But, man, I'll tell you what, each and every Saturday, remember not having done that in the fall of 2020. So I had to reacclimate my mind to being on the road on Saturdays or uh, A&T plays in Greensboro, so we're here in Raleigh. So going, I mean, it, it, it was fun, again, uh, right? But then... Uh, Everything that comes along with that and then keeping up with what the other schools are doing and keeping up with college football and the NBA and the National Football League. I'm telling you, it was uh, quite a bit. So this Thanksgiving break was awesome, right? Like it was awesome. Spent some time in the mountains. Just had a great, great time with family. And now glad to be back with you. So. On this Turkey Day edition, if you will, of Box to Row, we're going to do some things uh, a little bit differently, if you will. Um, check this out. Florida A&M, and had been talking about this, Florida A&M finally breaking a nine-game losing streak against Bethune-Cookman in the Florida Classic, defeating Bethune-Cookman in Orlando on Saturday. And I'd have been saying this for a while. If Florida A&M wins that game against Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M will be in the FCS playoffs, will get an at-large berth. Well, Florida A&M got that at-large berth and a deserved at-large berth. 9-2 record, only losses to Jackson State and to FBS opponent South Florida. Okay, top defense in the country. Now, that defense is going to be put to the test 
on Saturday as Florida A&M going to be on the road taking on southeastern Louisiana. That's going to be a tough, tough football game. Southeastern Louisiana has a tough offense. So something has to give here. But congratulations to the Rattlers because now for the Rattlers, it be, for the SWAC, it becomes the first time since 1997 that the SWAC has had a team in the playoffs because of mostly, I think, because of the uh, Bayou Classic. And then, of course, the SWAC championship game isn't until December with the Bayou Classic, of course, taking place on Saturday after Thanksgiving. So a lot has to still be determined. We've had some, seem like we've had some teams maybe in the past that were close, but ultimately nothing happened because still championships had to be determined based upon what was going to happen in the game between Grambling and Southern. And so there were no teams, but Florida A&M finally is able to get in this year. The game between Grambling and Southern will not determine who will play in the SWAC championship game. As a matter of fact, we already know who's going to play in the SWAC championship game. Jackson State and Prairie View A&M are going to play in the SWAC championship game. And so Willie Simmons is the head football coach at Florida A&M. Willie Simmons is going to join us today here on Box to Row. Also joining us today here on Box to Row. So if you've seen the TV series Greenleaf, used to come on OWN. I think its last season was last year. It came on for like four or five seasons. And one of the, the, the she initially was supposed to have like a, a small role and it became a bigger role. Tasha Skanks was one of the characters from Greenleaf and Asia Epperson. Asia Epperson going to join us today here on Box to Row. Um, as a matter of fact, she was on season seven of American Idol as well. So we're going to be joined by Asia Epperson also today here on Box to Row. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? It is, we're just, we're just coming off of Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving weekend. You may be out and about with your family. You may be at the house chilling with your family, maybe out doing some shopping. How much, I don't know if Black Friday, I mean, was it, a, it wasn't as big a deal, seems like, this year as it has been in years past, a lot of that having to do with COVID. So if you are out and about, um, again, thank you for making Box to Row uh, a part of your day. What are you thankful for? I want you to hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? I, I'm going to tell you. I, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm thankful for my family, my wife, Kimberly, my children. Um, you know, it's, I tell you, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's been a year for a lot of people or a couple of years, going on a couple of years now. Uh, for a lot of people really dealing with COVID-19 and the coronavirus. It has been a, a time for quite, uh, quite a few people. Uh, I think for the most part, w- with respect to my family, I, we've been pretty fortunate. You know, I did have a friend actually that passed away from COVID early on. 
think going back to maybe April or May of 2020, uh, for the most part, uh, we, we've, we've been healthy, right? And so I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful for being here, right? I'm thankful for what I'm able to do. Uh, I love, you know, what I do. I love coming on and speaking with you each and every week, right? Like, uh, I just love doing that. And so I'm thankful for that, right? I'm thankful to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? I mean, what are you thankful for? Let me know via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And so mentioned our guests today. We're going to talk some college football playoff. Got to talk some college football playoff today on the program. Also want to talk, so Lynn Bias, right? It's been... Oh, man, it was 1986. It was June of 1986 when Lynn Bias passed away. And I can remember vividly because I had just graduated the sixth grade. I was at a pool party. And I've always been a big sports fan. And, you know, growing up in the Washington area, definitely fans of all of the teams Washington-related, including the college teams, Maryland and Georgetown, more specifically, of course, a, a fan of Howard as well, right? And, you know, I remember Lynn Bias so well. First of all, I lived in Lewisdale, right? Like, I'm I'm originally from Lewisdale, Hyattsville, Maryland, right? Lynn Bias went to Northwestern High School, which was in my district, okay? Went to the University of Maryland and was just a phenomenal player, like, like, sorry, I I didn't I heard about Lynn Bias before I heard about Mike, right? Like in college basketball. A lot of that probably was because I lived in Maryland and cheered for Maryland more so, right? But I, w- when I heard of his passing, you know, I, I, I was too young, I think, 11 years old at the time, to really understand. Like I understood what had happened, you know, I understood that he wasn't going to come back. Like I understood that, but I don't know. And I'm not saying I didn't. Right. But I don't know if I understood the magnitude of what his passing meant. And I think I did a little bit at the time, um, because when you looked at the Celtics, I mean, you looked at this, this young man was going to be a phenomenal player. He, he, he could have went on to be the, one of the greats of all time. I mean, what he did in college was absolutely fantastic. One of the best players to ever play college basketball. So it's interesting um, to note that he's only now being inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame, which I find interesting. I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I would have thought that a, a a player, a guy like that, and I don't know if his passing has anything to do with that, but you would have thought a guy like that would have been in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Besides that, right, like, it just brought back some memories for me of how great a player Lynn Bias was, how tragic his loss was, and then his brother being shot and killed in 1990, Prince George's Plaza, remember it, uh, remember hearing about that quite well. Um, But wow, Lynn Bias finally going to be inducted 
into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. I think something that's long overdue. One of the great players to ever play college basketball. Certainly one of the great players to ever play in the ACC. There have been some great players, obviously, that have come through the ACC. And Lynn Bias certainly was one of those players. Still to come here on Box to Row, actress Asia Epperson and some college football playoff talk. Also still to come here on Box to Row, Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons. We've got more of Box to Row on the other side. My name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Amari Hardware, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Over the years. Broken glass in the hallway, bloodstained floors, neighbors Look at every bag you bring through your doors Lock the top lock, mama should have cuffed me to the radiator Why not? It might have saved me later from my block They will come here on Box to Row actress Asia Epperson Also Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons still to come here on Box to Row so let's talk some college football playoff, and I'll give it to you. Cincinnati finally is in the top four. Finally in the top four. Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Alabama number three, and Cincinnati number four. And Ohio State, I mean, is coming off just beating down Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State was just beat down by Ohio State to the point that Ohio State jumped from number four to number two over Alabama, who was number two last week, and Alabama drops back to number three on this week. I mean, I get it. It was a convincing victory. To me, does it enable Ohio State to jump over Alabama? I mean, we can say that right now because at the end of the day, and and this is what I was saying Uh, about a month ago or when the first college football playoff rankings came out. I don't believe Cincinnati will be part of the four-team playoff. I'm going to say it again. I don't believe by the time it's all said and done 
that Cincinnati is going to be a part of the four-team football playoff. Ohio, uh, excuse me, Oregon's loss to Utah, okay, enabled obviously for Cincinnati to get in. But there's still a lot of season to play. Cincinnati still has ECU, and it has the champion, the AAC championship game. I'm not concerning myself with Cincinnati. Obviously, if Cincinnati loses a football game, then we're not even talking about Cincinnati. We're probably not even talking about Cincinnati in the top eight if Cincinnati loses one football game. To me, it's not about whether Cincinnati wins or loses. I expect Cincinnati to win, and they can talk about, oh, they finally got a big win. They beat SMU. Who cares? Like, all of this talk about how much you beat a team by and all. And this, you know, to that's part to me why I'm, like, I'm not a huge college football fan. Like, I'm not a huge college football fan, okay, particularly uh, FBS college football, not uh, especially, okay. I mean, I'll watch, you know, I, I, I'll watch, no question about it. And I watched, matter of fact, I watched the reveal. It was the first time I actually watched the reveal of the college football rankings was, was on Tuesday, all right? The thing is, to me, okay, because – You've got Michigan and Ohio State on Saturday. I think this is the year that Michigan can beat Ohio State. Hasn't happened, right? Quite a while. Not under John Harbaugh. I think this is the year that it can happen. Okay? If Michigan wins, okay, now you have a two-loss. Let's just take this example. You have a two-loss Ohio State team, and, and 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 again, I'm talking about final rankings. We can talk about week to week rankings. That's fine. I mean, I you know go, going back to maybe the first ranking, it seemed like Baylor was was up there and hadn't lost a game, and then all of a sudden it was one of those teams, and then can't remember which team it was, and all of a sudden the the team that was up there at number four that didn't have the right strength of schedule and somebody be behind them had one loss strength of schedule and all these things, and that team was out. Seemed like it was Baylor maybe the first or second college football playoff, okay? Michigan's got a shot. Now, if Michigan beats Ohio State, okay, and Ohio State, you know, hand, you know, do you, in the final rankings, does Ohio State ultimately drop out? We'll see. Because... You know, and then Michigan obviously would come into that equation. All right. So do you really drop Ohio State out? I don't know about that. I'm going to tell you what's more, even more puzzling to me is that Notre Dame, right now you've got Notre Dame sitting at number five. And I'm I'm looking, like I said, okay, you know, Notre Dame is, is part of the, Part of the Power Five, or you know, it's, I guess Power Five plus one, when you talk about Notre Dame, when you include Notre Dame in the equation, okay. And I'm looking at Notre Dame's schedule, okay. This is Notre Dame's schedule: Florida State, Toledo, okay. Purdue's a decent win because Purdue has a decent reputation, but I mean, if you look at Purdue's record, it's not great. 
a good win against Wisconsin. I'll give Notre Dame that and beat Wisconsin down, right? Then a loss to the aforementioned Cincinnati that has been the topic of conversation. When is Cincinnati going to get in and when is Cincinnati going to get in? Well, Cincinnati is in. The question is, can Cincinnati stay in, okay? Then you look at Virginia Tech, USC, North Carolina, Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech, right? This Saturday at Stanford, who is not very good. This is a weak schedule, yet Notre Dame is number six? I'm telling you. And, and think about this. Think about this. I mean, excuse me, number five. Notre Dame is number five, okay? Think about this. What if, let's say, Cincinnati does lose? Let's say Cincinnati does lose a game. You mean to tell me Notre Dame would be the next team in at number at number five? And again, I'm, you know, whoever wins Michigan and Ohio State more than likely is going to be in the playoff. More than likely is going to be in the playoff. Cincinnati loses a game, right? Do do you if if it's let's say Ohio State loses, do you keep Ohio State in the top four because Cincinnati's coming out for sure? I I, I mean I couldn't see you moving Notre Dame into the top four. Like Notre Dame, it's got a weak schedule. Doesn't even have a a quality win. Wisconsin, I'll give you Wisconsin. Okay, decent win. A decent win against Wisconsin, an eight and three Wisconsin right now. Okay, decent win and a loss to Cincinnati, who everybody's we're keeping Cincinnati out of the playoff. Yet we've got Notre Dame at number five, and that's their own. And 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 the only other significant win by Notre Dame is Wisconsin. Like, what are we talking about? Okay, Oklahoma State in Oklahoma. Still got to get together. You still got to have the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State since uh, with only one loss. Does Oklahoma State move into that conversation if an Ohio State lo- Listen, Ohio State or Michigan is going to be is going to be in. Obviously, if it's Ohio State that wins, Ohio State stays. But I'm just saying that by the time it's all said and done, when we say, okay, this is who we're picking as the top four teams for the college football playoff, Cincinnati is going to be 13-0, and and Cincinnati is going to be out of the college football playoff. Okay, because my thing is this. Let's say Cincinnati loses. Let's say Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama all win. Am I now going to put Notre Dame? In the top four, having lost head-to-head to Cincinnati, who would have only had, let's just say they have the one loss out of the last two games, would have only had one loss? Like, listen, the, the most puzzling thing about this week is Notre Dame to me. is Notre Dame at number five. You know, I think, I think you know, I like, I mean, I, you know, Oklahoma State I think has an opportunity. I don't know about Mississippi. Right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know about Mississippi, but Oklahoma State, I think, has an opportunity here. Um, you know, certainly Michigan has an opportunity with a win over Ohio State. 
Um, Notre Dame, I just wouldn't see how Notre Dame has an opportunity with a loss to Cincinnati, one quality win against Wisconsin, and still Stanford is not a very good football program remaining. That's the most puzzling thing to me this week about the college football playoff. We have Notre Dame at number five. Why? Michigan has a better uh, a better uh, schedule. You know, I'd have to look at the rest of Michigan's schedule. See if I can pull it up. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like Michigan set the world on fire either with its schedule, right? Like already ranked number six, you know, quality win against Wisconsin, loss to Michigan State. But again, all of that can be erased with a victory over Ohio State. For Michigan, all of that can be erased with a victory over Ohio State. I mean, I, I, I think Cincinnati belongs, again, as I mentioned when the first college football playoff came out, I just don't think that the, the Power Five's not going to have, and I get it, you have more people in the room than just Power Five people. One of the guys that's, that's in the room is Joe Taylor, uh, the former, not only the former head football coach at Hampton, Florida A&M, Virginia Union. He's currently the athletics director of Virginia Union. He was also at one time the president of the American Football Coaches Association. That's a powerful organization, okay? So you've got some good people in the room. Um, I just don't see, I just don't see Cincinnati ultimately being part of the college football playoff. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Want to know your thought on the college football playoff, a specific question Do you think Cincinnati's going to be in the college football playoff when it's all said and done? Hit me up via Twitter, BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Give me your thoughts or tell me who you think is ultimately going to be in the college football playoff. Still to come here on BoxToRow, Florida A&M head football coach Willie Simmons. But up next, we're going to be joined by actress... Asia Epperson. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day on Box to Row Radio and on Sirius XM. Let's continue here on Box to Row. On the line, we've got a very special guest. As a matter of fact, if you remember the TV series Greenleaf, which was very, very good, as a matter of fact, This young lady played the role of Tasha Skanks. Also, you've seen her, uh, of course, in Straight Outta Compton and American Idol some years ago. She's got a new film. Welcome to the Christmas Family Reunion airs on Lifetime Monday, 8 p.m. 7 Central. She's Asia Epperson. She joins us here on Box Hey, Asia, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you. So... I've seen, I've seen the film. I've seen it. You've seen it. I've seen it, right? Okay, what do you think? What do you think? So I like it, right? Like I am, so I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a, like I, I watch Lifetime. Like I, you know. You're a Lifetimer. I'm a Lifetimer. I'm, I mean, I'm okay. all into the sports. Don't get me wrong and all that and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. 
but I, I it's drama like I like dramas right and the twist to this particular movie I was interesting of it in of itself but I want to start here I just want to kind of get your thoughts you play the role appropriately I love the name Tiffany Christmas like that's that's a dope name right it doesn't get any it doesn't get any better than that right Tiffany Christmas like I really wanted to change my name after I did this film yeah <laughs> I know and and, and it's because I think one of, that was one of like that was one of the first names that came up was like your name it was like oh Tiffany Christmas and I and it just stuck with me uh right so just first of all your thoughts on being able to be part of this film and a great cast which we're going to talk about momentarily yes okay so I mean being able to be a part of this film was I, I mean it was a blessing um Jake our director is so amazing I mean he knows how to make anything into like he knows how to make a 10 out of a 2 like <laughs> he 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 is just the best and he was such a pleasure to work with and the cast everyone from Michelle to Alonzo to Wendy to Vanessa I mean this cast was like I mean it it was so fun working with them and everyone is so talented and outside of just their talent, them as people and just who they are, there was never a dull moment on set. It was just fun. And we were all there just to have a good time and do our job. And it was amazing. I had a blast. No question about it. Now, so you haven't seen the film yet. I have not seen the film. I was going to wait and watch it with everyone else, um, which is a little nerve wracking because I don't get to like pick myself apart like how us actors do. When we watch our stuff, we have to like watch it. Usually we like to watch it before everyone else sees it because we're our, we're our hardest critics, our toughest critics. So we like to watch it and get all that like anxiety and like all those jitters out of the way first. But I just said, you know what? I'm gonna just watch it with everybody and see how this goes, see how I feel. I'm extremely nervous. <laughs> when you read the script, because I mean, at the heart of it, like you play a star. I mean, you're a, you're a star in real life, right? Like, but you play oh, a star in, yes. this, in, this, yes. in this film, right? So like when you read the script, I mean, what, what were your thoughts initially? I mean, when I read the script, I was like, oh, this is a no brainer. Like for one, I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. Um, this is actually my sec my second Christmas movie. And I have like three altogether for the past like two years that I've done. So I, I absolutely love Christmas movies. But then when I read the script and I saw that my character is a singer, the superstar singer, I mean, any chance and any opportunity I get to sing and do my music along with my acting, I'm jumping on it. Like, it was a no-brainer. No question about it. That the voice of Asia Epperson. Check her out. Welcome to the Christmas Family Reunion, Monday at 8 p.m. And that's, of course, 7 Central on Lifetime. She plays the role of Tiffany Christmas. She joins us here on Box to Row. So let me transition yeah. a little bit. Tasha, yeah. Tasha Skanks, right? From <laughs> Greenleaf, right? Like, yeah. you know, but speak about your role. I know that at least some of the stuff that I read, you really embraced that role. I 
did. You know, so Tasha Skanks in Greenleaf was, she was a character that was actually built as the story, um, you know, as the seasons were progressing. Her character progressed. Um, I remember when I first auditioned for that role, it was just a one episode possible reoccurring. And Tasha ended up going, what, four seasons from a one episode possible reoccurring. So I think her being there and her adding um, that extra spice and spunk and um, Tasha had a good heart. You know, I think for, that some, that was something that was different um, about her, that she showed a lot of vulnerability, a lot. A lot of the other characters were, you know, they're really stern and they're, they're you know, they're, they're kind of stuck in their ways and they were, you know, um, they had been there for a while. They, their, their, their characters had already developed and they are who they are. And so I feel like with Tasha coming in with this new energy and this new fire and this new spunk and personality and showing all the things that she was going through with her husband and then with having feelings for Jacob and those things developing and forming and then her feeling kind of just left and abandoned and going through all these things and trying to find her her new place in in this church and it with within the Greenleaf family I think that's exactly what the show needed at the time and that's why Tasha was able to continue from season two to three to four to five I didn't know that I mean obviously like I said when I auditioned for the part it was just a one episode possible reoccurring but once we got through I would say episode three I called my people like I think Tasha might be here for a little bit I think that they like her um so because one week turned into the hey is she can she come back next week and then hey can she come back for another episode and then hey can she come back so about the third one I said yeah I'm, I'm making my mark in this thing I'm, I'm, I'm make my mark they're gonna they're gonna need Tasha to be around for a little bit so in a way kind of life-changing right yeah I mean absolutely that was my first um reoccurring role I've had a lot of uh, guest star roles um, on some shows here and there, a couple small parts in feature films. And, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the journey that people don't see as, as an actor or being in this business is really all the steps that you have to take. And it, it never stops. Like you just keep one thing adds, you know, one thing adds to another, adds to another, adds to another. And so um, Greenleaf was my first, big reoccurring role. So it was definitely life-changing for me. Asia Epperson plays the role of Tiffany Christmas. Welcome to the Christmas Family Reunion, Monday at 8 p.m. 7 Central on Lifetime. She joins us here on the program. Can I take you back to American Idol season Ooh. seven? Yes. Like you were, what, a semi, you're a semifinalist, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So what are your top 12 females? Yes. And you were, what, 19 at the time? Like, what do you remember most about that? That was must have been a phenomenal experience. Not, But it, it, it has helped you, but it really been part of your journey to where you are right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, American Idol was the start of my journey, I would say, in the... Hollywood world. I mean, in film and television, um, 
I, I wouldn't say as a professional, I signed my first artist development contract when I was like 16. Um, and then I went to American Idol, which was, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a production. This is a television show, a huge television show that was number one for a decade before I had even got there, you know? So that was my first peek into Hollywood, into film, into production. That was my first time ever visiting California. Mm. Um, and so it was a lot. It, I learned a lot and it was like a crash course 101 into here you are, here's Hollywood. This is what it's about. You know, you think you're going on a talent show. <laughs> You think you're like, oh, I'm just going to go sing because that's what I love to do. Oh, no, no, baby. It's boot camp. <laughs> it is boot camp and it is, you know, it, it, you're on 24-7. You're, you're on. There's cameras. There's people. There's lights. There's, you're interviewing. You're practicing. You're rehearsing. You're this. You're that. So, I mean, you're in there. I mean, once you're there, you're there. And it's like, it's, I mean... I would never take that experience away. Never take that memory away of what I, I got from, from that. I mean, it was, um, it, it, it catapulted me into really, really being like, okay. I mean, I got a huge record deal after that show. I signed with um, Babyface and L.A. Reid and got a record deal and, you know, was uh, recording my album and doing all that. And then one thing, you know, one thing led to another and, here I am and it's, yeah, it's just, it's all a part of the process and all part of the journey and I would not take it back. No question. You look like you're really enjoying what you're doing and enjoying life. Um, yeah. Growing up in the Midwest, uh, Joplin, Missouri, right? Like, yeah, what? I'm here right now. Oh, you're here. Oh, you're at home. Oh, you're, ho you're yes. at home. Okay, for Thanksgiving. I'm at home. I'm at home for Thanksgiving, yes. Yeah. So what was that like? Sunday dinners, church on Sundays, family gatherings and you know all the stuff that you hear about that small towns do that's what we do here <laughs> yeah and you were a cheerleader in high school or in school right oh yeah 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 oh all the sports uh cheerleading track softball uh gymnastics every, every everything oh you played all the sports is, okay we yeah oh yeah okay. yeah it, it was it was sports and and music that's that was my life growing up. I think that's still my life now. <laughs> oh, really? Athletics uh -huh. and, 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 and music. Yeah, create creative. Like um, school plays, school musicals, church plays, church musicals, talent shows, and sports. That was my life growing up. And that is still what it is now. So are you still playing ball? Um, I'm not playing ball, but I do. Like, my friends, we have little, you know, little teams that we get together. We, I mean, we haven't in a while because COVID and then that kind of stopped a lot. But a few years back, that's what we were doing. And I'm, I'm still in the gym. I'm still an athlete. I train, baby. <laughs> like, that's never going to stop, okay? Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's still what my life consists of. I love being active. I love playing sports. I love hiking, doing anything, any, you know, physical activity. I love um any type of water sports. I mean, I'm just, I'm all about it. I'm, I love athletics and I love um, creativity. Yeah, so do you have like a, a specific team? I mean, I know you like playing sports, but do you like 
watching it? Do you have a specific team that you cheer for? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm from Missouri, so Kansas City Kansas Chiefs City all Chiefs. day. I knew, I knew it. Kansas City Chiefs all day. Playing okay. well. Playing much better now. We are playing much better. These last two wins definitely helped us out. Yeah. It definitely put us, you know, got us back in our groove. So I'm hoping. Fingers <laughs> are crossed. <laughs> So, um, yes, Kansas City Chiefs um, and love my St. Louis Cardinals. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Welcome to the Christmas Family Reunion, Monday, 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time on Lifetime. She plays the role of Tiffany Christmas. She's Asia Epperson, joins us here on Box to Roll. Yes. Asia, an absolute pleasure. Continued success yes. in all you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Actress Asia Epperson joining us here on Box to Row. Fam, you head football coach Willie Simmons is up next. Right here. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KK. Florida AM Rattlers ranked number two in the HBCU coaches and media polls, nine and two on the season. Got an at-large berth to the FCS playoffs and on Saturday gonna play at Southeastern. Louisiana in his fourth season as the head football coach of Florida A&M is Willie Simmons. He joins us here on Botch to Row. Coach Simmons, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the program. Oh, well, it's definitely great, man. I appreciate being on and uh, exciting time for FAMU right now. Absolutely, man. Very, very exciting. Let's start with the win over uh, over Bethune-Cookman in the Florida Classic because you know what the committee would have said had you lost that game, they would have said, up, oh, you know, tough. It's tough. You, you, you're you 8-3. and three. But you guys won that game. You had won in the last nine games. Uh, your thoughts on the win and how big a win that was for the Rattlers? Well, it was a, a monumental win. You know, obviously, uh, the, the nine-year streak was something that every Rattler felt. Uh, players, coaches, administrators, student body, alum, you name it. Uh, this is a feeling that we all wanted to get out of our mouths. And so to be able to stand on that podium, holding up the Florida Classic Trophy, knowing that we were able to bring the victory back to Tallahassee uh, is a feeling that I'll never forget. Do you, I mean, it, it'd be nice, like, both of, when you look at Jackson State, you look at Florida a and I mean, both teams, you know, Jackson State had a bit of an advantage because Jackson State has played in the spring. It was the first game of the season. That is a tough game to play, a conference and a division game, no less. It seemed like it would have been a different football game had you guys met a little bit later on in the season? Well, you know, we, we knew that going into the game that, uh, you know, we were facing a team that well, was put together to be competitive. Uh, you know, we saw the work that Coach Prime was doing, recruiting top-tier talent, and, um, you know, we felt we had put together a pretty good roster as well, and, and that's why, you know, in the pregame talk, you know, we talked about the team that won that game will definitely have the leg up as far as representing the East in the SWAT championship, and uh, in true fashion, you know, uh, neither one of us lost another conference game. And so uh, congrats to Coach Prime and Jackson State for, you know, taking care of business and, and um, winning the East. And obviously they're playing preview next week for, this, for the whole thing. But um, actually, you know, we kind of had to become fans of Jackson State as the season went on because looking at strength of schedule, and I know that's something that the committee considered. Uh, it was one of those deals where either we knew we, we either needed Jackson to lose twice, <laughs> which we knew was unlikely, or we needed them to, them to win out. And, uh, you know, so, again, they did what they needed to do. But it's good that both teams are nationally ranked. Uh, both teams are doing a lot of great things 
on the national scale, and um, I think that only bodes well for the conference and for HBCU football uh, overall. Obviously, you're playing in the FCS playoffs. You've got a team that's built because defense can win championships. You've got an excellent defense, number four in the country, uh, as a matter of fact. I mean, isn't this as good a deal as playing in the SWAC championship game, or is it? Well, you know, again, at the beginning of the season, our goal was postseason play. And so uh, either one would have been great. Uh, I think Jackson is happy to be going to the SWAT championship game, and uh, they take care of business in that game, going to Atlanta, to the Celebration Bowl. And for us, we're very excited to be going to the FCS playoffs. And so um, I think playing football after the regular season is over is a goal of every team at, at the start of the season. And so, you know, again, we, we didn't do what we needed to do on the field to, to win the East. Um, but thankfully, we, we didn't let that deter us from going to work every day, staying focused, uh, trying to be the best team that we could be. And, and ultimately, that, that mindset and uh, that work ethic allowed us to continue our season in the FCS playoffs. So, again, I, I think it's six one half dozen the other. Willie Simmons, the head football coach at Florida A&M, joins us here on Botch to Row, the Rattlers on the road Saturday FCS playoffs first round against Southeastern Louisiana. You're, I mean, you're a football coach. You're a head football coach. There's no question about that. But your background is an offensive background, and the offense is solid. But you've got a superb, a superb defense. Speak to that defense and how you've been able to, you and your staff have been able to put that together. Well, you know, we we made it a mission uh, a few years ago to to really beef up our defense, to to, to build a defensive team from the inside out, you know, recruit some really athletic and talented defensive linemen, knowing that in the state of Florida we can usually find good skill, you know. So when you look at guys like Isaiah Land, uh, Savion Williams, the, the transfer from Tennessee, Gentle Hunt, uh, you know, Donald Hall, even though he's out for the year, um, you know, we really just tried to make sure that we had a defensive line that could, that could, ha- that could hold up uh, and, 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 you know, get out the quarterbacks. And so that's where it starts. Uh, but, again, just the philosophy of our co-DCs, uh, Ryan Smith and Brandon Sharp, um, I had a tough decision to make, you know, when Ralph Street left to go take the job at Marshall is what direction we go in defensively as far as leadership. And he had interest from a lot of guys who had called plays before, who had even been head coaches before at, at you know, the Division One level. But just knowing their vision, knowing what they uh, wanted to do defensively and how it matched our personnel um, you know, made me make that decision. And uh, in my, my seven-year, uh, uh, six-year head coaching career, uh, I think it's by far the best decision that I've made because, like you said, this defense is playing lights out, and I think a lot of it stems from the temperament of the two guys that are running it. Yeah, I, I need you to speak to me a little bit more, tell uh, tell the audience, because I remember asking you, I'm like, okay, when Isaiah Land, after he had the 4-5 sack game, was named our national player of the week, I'm like, who is this kid? And it was a guy, your first recruit. And, I mean, when you look at the numbers, they're ridiculous. 25 and a half tackles for loss, 19 sacks in one season. Who is this kid, Isaiah Land? <laughs> well, uh, he was a long, wiry kid out of uh, out of Grayson, Georgia, you know, when, I, when we first took the job. And Grayson's a school that's always put out great talent. So when I first took, got the job here, went to Atlanta to recruit, went by Grayson uh, to do some scouting, and the defensive line coach said, hey, we got a, got a kid. He's a little undersized, uh, but we think he'd do well for you. You know, so show me the film. I saw his uh, tenacity, saw his get off uh, off the ball, and, and then in comes, walks this six foot three and a half, 175-pound kid, you know. And I was like, well, wow, he, 
he's skinny, <laughs> you know, but you saw his frame. You saw the long arms. You saw the broad shoulders. Uh, you saw the ability to put on weight. And um, but again, it's, it's hard to it's hard to recruit that type of motor. And so for him coming in, uh, he's he, he's you know worked on his body consistently. Uh, he's up to two fifteen now. And uh, again, he, he's a force, man. I tell you what, just watching him play, you know, at practice, just the things that he's able to do. Uh, it is, it's truly unbelievable. It's God-given. And now the NFL scouts are starting to take notice, obviously, because of what he's done on the field. But, again, just a guy that, that you know, like, much like a Darius Leonard or Tariq Cohen, uh, those other guys that have ended up playing NFL football, um, not very highly recruited out of high school. He had one Division one offer, and that was FAMU, because we saw something in him. Uh, and he's come here and worked himself into, a, into the possible FCS defensive player of the year and um, you know, more than likely a future NFL football player. Of course, Willie Simmons is the head football coach at Florida A&M. He joins us here on the program. You know, I remember seeing Rashawn uh, McKay, and, you know, it was the game against A&T back in 2019. He comes in. He throws the touchdown. Florida A&M wins that game in overtime against A&T. But if you looked at him the first game of the season against Jackson State, wasn't clear and I mean I knew you I know you knew but it wasn't clear from a lot of people that watched if he would even be your starting quarterback going forward so can you speak to how he's played and gotten better since that game against Jackson State well you know the one thing that that's been consistent with Deshaun is, is his attitude and his work ethic you know early in the season the first couple of games um, you know I think he was pressing I think he was trying to maybe do too much you know you, you're living in the shadow of Ryan Stanley and all the other great quarterbacks that have played here at Florida A&M. And so just the pressure of being the quarterback at this institution, um, I think maybe forcing the press a little bit. And, and he did some uncharacteristic, <clears throat> uncharacteristic things in, in the, uh, the Owens Blossom Classic. But, you know, again, he never wavered from his belief and his work ethic and attitude, and I think that's why he's continued to get better every single week. You know, he's playing really good football now. You know, he's not turning the ball over, and that's a great uh, uh, compliment to our defense. And uh, he's really starting to pick up things and understand the scheme a lot better and what defenses are trying to do to us. And because of that, he's playing at a high level, giving us a chance to be successful. And the last few weeks, he's made some some throws that, you know, that are Ryan Stanley-ish. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so his confidence is growing. And uh, the guys now look to him as a leader. And, and with him behind the trigger, you know, we feel pretty good that, uh, you know, we, we we can put up points and, and score, you know, score enough to keep our defense in great positioning and us going to win football games. Speak to southeastern Louisiana and some of the challenges that this team presents, but more specifically, the quarterback, Cole Kelly, who's thrown for close to 4,400 yards. He's also rushed for 16 touchdowns on the season. Well, you know, again, he's the number one uh, NFL prospect uh, quarterback at the FCS level and for good reason. You know, he's every bit of six foot six, maybe, maybe even taller, uh, over 250 pounds. Um, has a the rocket for an arm. But the thing that you see when you watch film is you see him go through progressions. You know, he starts right, the eyes go right, and then his eyes go all the way to the left, and he finds his check down or he finds his outlet. And, and that, that that means that he's a guy that has command of their offense. And obviously, you know, they put him in position to do a lot of great things. And he's got some talented playmakers around him uh, at wide receiver. Uh, and, and, again, so they're going to pose a challenge, no doubt, uh, for our defense. But, again, that's why you – you know, try to get to the playoffs. You know, now you're playing against the best teams in America. And, again, he's obviously one of the top players in the country. And, um, and But, you know, hopefully our defense will be ready for the challenge. But the way they work this week, I think we will be. Yeah, and a guy presents some good opportunities for a guy like a Marquise Bell, 
uh, playing in your secondary who is an NFL prospect also? Yeah, no question. I mean, you look at Cole Kelly's arguably the top, you know, offensive skill prospect uh, at the FCS level for the NFL draft next year. And then Marquise Bell is arguably the top defensive skill player um, at the FCS level for, for the NFL draft next year. So you're looking at him. It's a marquee matchup for many reasons. You know, top offense in FCS versus uh, top five defense. You know, top pro prospect at quarterback for them versus a top safety prospect in Marquise Bell. You know, uh, the nation's lead sack guy trying to uh, sack a guy who hadn't been, been sacked a whole lot. So, Again, there are a lot of storylines that go into the game that's going to make this a much a much watched game. Um, but again, our guys are excited for, uh, for the challenge, and uh, we're, we're working hard to get to uh, Hammond, Louisiana, and you know try to extend our playing season. Of course, the Rattlers going to take on Southeastern Louisiana. It's the first round of the FCS playoffs. Willie Simmons in his fourth season as the head football coach of FAMU joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Simmons, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Rattlers. Thanks, Donald. It's always a pleasure talking to you, brother. Appreciate it, Coach Simmons. Willie Simmons, head football coach at Florida A&M, joining us here on the program. I got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Thank you to Willie Simmons. Thank you to Asia Epperson for joining us today here on Box to Row. Listen, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, of course, I will talk with you on next week. And always remember to support those that support yo box to row is produced sometimes by dw communications sometimes i'm slower sometimes i'm quick i'm sweeter and thicker than a chico stick here's an ice cream